Thanks for tuning in to the Living Grace in Today's World podcast, brought to you by Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas. Our pastor, Dave Roberts, shares this message from the Bible about God's gift of grace and what it looks like to be people of grace in today's world. It is our prayer that you will see how different God's grace really is from everything else. Welcome to Living Grace in Today's World. Enjoy! Welcome, and thanks for joining me today. My name's Dave Roberts. I'm pastor of Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas, and this is the Living Grace in Today's World podcast. Since we started this podcast, we've been exploring the whole idea of grace and uh, how it looks in a culture that uh, doesn't understand it, but also is just growing more and more hostile to all things Christian. On today's episode, I I am going to switch gears a bit. In John 1, it says that Jesus came full of grace, but also full of truth. And if we are to have his life living in us, there's going to be this constant expression of both of these things, grace and truth. That's who Jesus is. He's full of both all the time. So not only do we need to understand what grace is and how to live in it, We also need to know what's true and live in that. Grace without truth is license. Just do whatever you want because of the benefit of grace. Yet truth without grace is legalism. It's all about the enforcement of the rules because they're true. You have to obey. Well, neither of those extremes is the life of Christ. He was always full of both. You can see it in the way he dealt with people. He's always extending grace, yet he's never compromising what is true. One of the great casualties of this era of church history we're living in today is truth. In my annual travels to Moldova, where I teach at Moldova Bible Seminary, one of my subjects is comparative worldviews. And in that class, I teach six worldviews that are popular in Western culture, Christianity, and five false belief systems. Every time I teach this class, I realize how much of the false worldviews have infiltrated into mainstream American culture and American thought, and even into the church itself. One of the things I do in the class is spend the first few sessions giving them statements of which they can agree or disagree, and I ask them to to, uh, draw upon their knowledge of Scripture to define their answer. I thought today I might just give you a few examples. Uh, But before I do that, I have to admit something to you. I have to admit that I believe the Bible is completely true. Startling as that may seem in today's culture, I truly believe that the Bible is without error. And it can be depended upon for all areas of life. It's an important premise because it eliminates feelings, opinions, biases from informing these examples I'm going to give you. What does Scripture say should always be our first question. So here are some examples to think about. The first one, human nature, because it constantly adapts and changes, has an unlimited potential for progressive development. People often point to the new inventions and the the progress of technology as a way of saying that 
Well, you see, mankind is getting better and better with each passing generation. But I didn't ask if technology was getting better. I asked if human nature was getting better. Sadly to say, it's not improving, nor has it ever. Romans 3.12 says there is no one good, not even one. And that's not just for biblical times, that's for now. There is no goodness outside of God. It's always been that way, always will be that way, because Scripture has defined it that way. We have no evidence that mankind is getting better or more loving or more peaceful or more kind or generous or any other thing. In fact, when you look at the history of mankind, it's, it's not a history of benevolence and kindness and love. It's a history of conflict and strife and evil. Not only that, but Scripture points to end-time events that will be catastrophic for the whole world as evil continues to grow until the return of Christ. Again, this is not an opinion or a bias or a feeling, but scriptural truth you can have 100% confidence in. Here's another example. Society, not the individual, is chiefly responsible for social evil. This belief is rampant in our society today. Uh, the secularists and the Marxists of the day can't deny there's, there's just a lot of evil in the world. But they cannot dare pin that evil on individual people. And they're atheists who don't believe in God, so they can't blame him. So who's left to blame? Well, it has to be society or the social influences exerted on people from the greater culture. Fundamental to all false worldviews is the theological belief that man is inherently good. We're all good people. So if we say that individuals are responsible for evil, the whole worldview collapses. They have to defend the innate goodness of humanity. That's why we have efforts today to fix society. Not individuals, but society. It's not the individual's fault that someone was shot. It's society allowing the free flow of guns in our culture. People who commit crimes, well, they don't need to be locked up. They need therapy in order to be free from the evil influences society has put upon them. This whole idea that society is the culprit and not the individual is at its core illogical if you think about it. Because society is simply made up of who? <laughs> good people? If all people are inherently good, where did society get off track and become so evil? It just doesn't hold up to even basic scrutiny. And following up on this same idea, here's the next statement. All people are conceived with a sinful nature, which from birth on creates desires in them to commit evil deeds. Uh, just a brief but honest look at humanity will inform us that people are selfish and prideful and lustful and any number of other things. Yet this whole doctrine of inherited sinfulness is ignored by society, even opposed. But it's even seeped into parts of the church. We don't want to think of people ourselves as being evil. So we soften the whole theology of depravity that Scripture teaches. And we're just not that bad. 
But this is incredibly important because if we believe that we have even an ounce of goodness apart from God, this means we have hope on our own, which eliminates the need for a rescuer, a savior, a deliverer. Next statement. Because human nature is constantly changing, values and ethics will also change. Therefore, each generation should be free to adopt moral standards appropriate to their own preferences. Obviously, this is untrue, scripturally. But it brings up such a popular belief today that is rooted in the worldview we call postmodernism. This is a worldview that believes in the individual's right to create his or her own existence, his or her own belief system, completely independent from existing or historical norms. Just because my parents or my grandparents believe certain things doesn't, well, doesn't mean it's right for me. It may have been right for them, but I'm going to create my own truth. This is the worldview that has given us the, quote, freedom to select our own gender, overriding God's providence. This worldview of postmodernism sees life in what we call bits and pieces, meaning my little world is not connected to others or even historical values of morality. There, there's no overarching story of man and God from the Garden of Eden to Armageddon. They believe every person, every culture, has the right and even obligation to self-determine their own value system, government, and societal norms. It's kind of where we get today the whole idea of a living constitution in America. In other words, uh, the people who wrote that were from another time. And it may have been right for them, but it's not right for us today. So the constitution is living, ever-changing. It's progressing. And so we can use the words in it to mean different things today. Let me give you one more statement, which is about economics. First of all, does the Bible have a lot to say about economics? Of course it does. Here's, 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 the, here's the statement. Private ownership of property is a necessary requirement for a nation to prosper. Something many people are unaware of is that in the original draft of the Declaration of Independence, it began with this. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the ownership of private property. It was later expanded to say, the pursuit of happiness. But the ideal of pursuing happiness is rooted in the right to take ownership of property, be it real estate, a business, even personal belongings. Whenever a government wants more control, they begin by taking away what? Private property. Does that happen today? Of course it does. Even in America, the word most often used with this kind of government theft is taxation. Now, hear me out. There is a need for governments to collect taxes for the protection of its citizens as lined out in Romans 13. But what has happened in our society today is that we have allowed government to tax us to the point of providing not just for protection, but for many things from housing to pandemic payments to health care to all kinds of things. 
And the dirty little secret is that the more you are taxed, the less money the government actually collects. By removing capital from the economy, they are actually reducing the amount of product that can be produced, thus reducing the workforce, thus reducing the overall pool of wealth in the society. There have been surveys done identifying the worldview of Christians sitting in evangelical churches every week. And although there are some differences between the surveys, I've never seen one that reported over 20% of Christians maintaining a biblical worldview. No wonder our society is moving closer and closer to the abyss of leftism. Scripture is the resource that explains how God created us and the way life on this planet works. Throughout history, man has thought he has had better ideas than God, only to find out he never does. The further we drift from the worldview explained in great detail throughout Scripture, the further our lives, our families, our society will unravel. In Colossians 1, Paul writes that in Christ all things hold together. In Colossians 2, Paul writes, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception. We need the truth of Scripture as it applies to all areas of life. What is the biblical teaching on economics or philosophy, psychology, sociology, history? What is the role of government? What about human sexuality? Does the Bible address that? Of course it does. How do we know what is right and wrong? Where does morality come from? Does it come from some internal conscience or is it arbitrary? And who gets to decide what's right and wrong? What about origins? Does the debate over evolution and creation have anything to do with how we live our lives? Of course it does. Hopefully over the next few episodes, we can explore these things and expose the current lies of the culture. Let me close this episode with this. Throughout my life, I've noticed that most people either tend to be um, what I would call grace people or truth people. The kind souls of the world, always wanting to give people a break, will often sacrifice a little truth to show some grace. Then the truth people have standards that must be enforced, and if they need to set grace aside for a bit to see that happen, well, then it's necessary. You might remember the story in John 8, when Jesus encountered the woman caught in adultery who was about to be stoned by the truth people. Jesus exposed the Pharisees' own inability to live up to their rules, and they dispersed. But Jesus didn't condemn the woman for her sin. He forgave it and instructed her to live in this new forgiveness she had been given. All grace, all truth, all the time, that's Jesus. Thanks for listening today. One, two, three, four. We do hope that you've enjoyed this episode today. If you'd like to learn more about Grace Bible Church in Georgetown, Texas, please visit us at gbcgt.org. Many blessings from our church family to yours.